Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or at thatsquestion01 on Twitter. Welcome to That's Questionable Podcast. Nathan, David, Jim here. What's going on? Still doing good. Are you good? <laughs> nice. Consistency is is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the gear shed. Straight yeah. from the gear shed. Live, live and and recording. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, should we just jump right into it? Let's yeah, that it. sounds great. Okay. Here's the question. Is what you're hearing from the pulpit true? Could be the shortest podcast of all time. Uh, no. I, <laughs> no. I haven't heard anything from a pulpit in a while. Well, it depends what it is. If it's, yeah, you know, if it's, uh, if it's, uh, I hope you have a good morning. They probably do hope you have a good morning. You know, if it's, uh, it's all this poison that we're hearing now from the pulpit, then, you know, about uh, Trump and fraudulent elections, it's not true. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, this is probably a, well, this is a good, a good, maybe a good way to start the conversation is what do pastors intend to do when they get into the pulpit? Is it to tell the truth? Hmm. That's that's an excellent question. Because I don't think they do. I, I think. Do you think they believe that? Well, yeah. I well, yeah. I don't think everything. Well, I think sometimes they they. Uh, you have some pastors. It seems like a growing number of pastors are more agenda driven, and I, I don't. I don't think that they intend to tell the truth. They're they're intending to, you know, advance an agenda. And I think sometimes they think in terms of, um, you know, whatever it takes to advance that agenda. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously, uh, I can't speak for for all pulpits, but but my experience is uh, has been pretty much ninety percent. Uh, it, it's, it's more about manipulation, you know, yeah. what, what you're saying. It's, it's, uh, it's about manipulation. It's about, uh, that agenda. Um, I think of, you know, ultimately if, if what you're hearing from the pulpit isn't, uh, isn't, Hey, Here's what, here's what I think. I don't know for certain, Mm -hmm. but here's what I think. If you're not hearing that, you're not hearing the truth. Yeah. Because anything that comes after that or, or without that, I guess would be better. Anything, uh, without that, that's presented as absolute truth, that's presented as, uh, man, this is it. This is, you know, the, the terms we've, we've explained before, you know, biblical, like biblical has some kind of magical thing to it that just makes it true. And, you know, the light shines and, ah, 
yeah. you know, w- those words have no meaning. And, and so, so often, uh, what has been, uh, c- created to, to be presented on a Sunday morning is, is just, just that it's just this, this creation. Yeah. It's it's presented way too often as here's what God told me to tell you. Yeah. Uh and therefore it can't be questioned in any way whatsoever. Yeah. I think the the interesting thing is uh to me is how um how they use the mystery or the mysticalness of it at times to uh to make whatever their point might be. Yeah. Yet keep you kind of in the dark. How numbers are a thing. Uh, you know, I know David, you, you watch the, the right, right wing, uh, watch guys. How many times do they find some number? Oh yeah. And they're going to flip this thing around oh, and they're oh. going to make you think, Oh my gosh, that has to be God. Yeah. You know, the one about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or just, yeah, that's forever. It's like, uh, yeah, the numbers thing is, the big thing. And the other thing is, is the, um, is just teachers who think they have a complete understanding of Hebrew or Greek. <laughs> and so like you're, you're, you know, you're trying to explain what things really mean, you know, because you have an understanding of how they would have spoke back then. But both of those things are, uh, are counting on, and they're rewarded by ignorance. Yes. So the ignorance that's sitting out there in the pews, uh, of people who they're just never going to question this. Yeah. You know, give this a thought. You know, pretty much everybody has taken a math class, right? Mm-hmm. Math? Yeah, math. Yeah. <laughs> you, look, you look like you got scared there for a second. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought you said, I'm serious, I thought you said meth. And I was like, oh, I'm not into the whole Breaking Bad thing. I'm uh, good, yeah. But, you know, numbers are all related. Every number is a piece of other numbers, you yeah. know? And it's so, so these things that you see these guys come up with, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like they, they take these laws that can't be violated, you know, like multiply any number by three and the, all of its, whatever the answer is, all of its components added together can also be divided by three. You know, it's like, therefore it must be God, you know, or, yeah. or this is a perfect number, although they get it wrong because some Somehow they always pick seven, but six is a perfect number. Seven (laughs) is not, you know, but that's a number that all of its divided pieces, it's divisible pieces when added up equal the number six, 28, you know, different things like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just the nature of math. Math, That's the nature of numbers. And if you, if you want to confuse people and make it seem like this mystical thing, only God could have figured out. And then placed here mm-hmm. because of this verse and this verse and this verse and the, and the verse numbers out as if yeah. God was numbering those verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't it seem silly? Oh, it does. Yeah. And, and so, um, as a, uh, as a much accredited, um, apologetics teacher, um, speaking of numbers, right. whenever, whenever I would explain the, you know, I stole this from somebody else. Whenever I explain the Trinity, I would explain it as uh, three what's and one who. So it's th- you have three what's. So I'm using numbers, three what's. So it's, you got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then the who is the Godhead. 
And when you really think about it, it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. I mean, a band. Because they're all persons, you know. But that, that was not, it didn't match with the point I was trying to make. Uh, no, it's. But nobody questioned it. No, it's three who's and one what. That's what it was. It, what was the Godhead and three who's. I have totally messed that up. That's okay. Uh, but, I believed you. But, yeah. What? <laughs> but see, if you say anything with enough confidence, then That's somebody's right. going to believe you. <laughs> but do pastors, do they, do they, I mean, what's their responsibility when, when they stand up above, uh, uh, before a congregation and they, you know, go to Strong's and they pick out a couple of Greek words or Hebrew words or whatever, um, what do you think their responsibility is to offer at least some kind of disclaimer that they are not a ancient linguist expert? Uh, I mean, shouldn't they say something, you know, the, the best evidence that we have of the earliest documents says this, but they never qualify anything nope. they say other than saying, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. That's the only qualifier they ever put on anything where the Lord actually said it or not. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I don't know how many times I've seen people act like they're an expert in some field that they've never studied in their yeah. life, except for they read a book that week. Well, and and most of it is borrowed. Yeah. You know, almost everything you hear on a Sunday morning yeah. is borrowed from somebody who taught that same thing. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> it could have been, you know, 300 years ago. Um, and so it's, it's not, it's not this original stuff. It's put in order. They, uh, you see, uh, cherry picking of verses. Here's the point I want to make. I'm, yeah. I, I have decided what point I want to make and I'm going to support that with eight or 10 verses, you know, the, and so it, it, the, the, the message is manipulated into, these points with emotion that is brought in and way too often I've seen completely phony emotion. I mean, like it, it is so worked up. Oh yeah. So get a little choked up. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Down. Here's the time when I'm going down to my knees and I'm reaching into my pockets and pulling my, you know, empty Empty pockets out. And I'm just a beggar. Yeah. Showing other people where to get bread or the, or the pastor that will stand up on stage, be, uh, you know, in front of all the bright lights, spread his arms out wide, tell you to close your eyes Mm -hmm. and, what do you see? You're going to see Jesus on the cross. Yeah. It, you can't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, burned yeah. into your irises. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. But man, what a spiritual moment. Yeah. I, I remember a sermon series of the church that we all used to go to. Uh, it was about fear. And the whole sermon series was about how fear was more related to, uh, related to reverence than it was actually being afraid. And and there was different, you know, everyone has a five-point sermon series. You got to have five points. Sometimes there's alliteration in it, you know, the five G's or whatever, five, you know, that's a 
cellular thing, isn't it? So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, you need your computer machine and maybe edit that out. Uh, yeah, but you can tell I'm the one that's the low tech one in the group. But, but that they you would did use, use the word computer machine. I did use the word computer machine. <laughs> Words. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I only thought that because the last, the last episode I said something along the lines of people are turning their phones off. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's great. Uh, yeah, so, uh, what was I talking? Oh, fear. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. You laugh at me. Everybody else does. I've got kids. Trust me, I get laughed at a lot, especially when it comes to technology. Uh, but, um, but that, that, that whole fear, uh, sermon series, for some reason, it just, it just, there's so many instances in the Bible where, where, uh, the, the, the text um, either deals directly with somebody being afraid they're frozen or they can't get off their face because they're afraid or uh, or we find out later on that that exact scripture w- was not even what it meant in the original you know or what we have the latest versions of what we have and so it's just so funny how they can take cherry pick verses and not even know if they were really in the original scriptures or not cherry pick those and make a whole five point sermon series and, and boom, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I always just like, man, let's wrap this up in one week. But anyways, so I wanted to read some information cause we're talking about this was, this survey was done a while ago and it was done by Barna research group, <clears throat> which I don't know if they lean, they do political affiliation, right or left or right. They're right. Okay. Yeah, they lean right. Okay. Uh, well, they lean in evangelical. Okay. So yeah. the, I, I was going to say is because it's still in- interesting. Can so. I just pause one thing just yeah. to let you know what I did in an apologetics class? Yeah. I was trying to quote them, and instead of referring to them as Barna, I referred to them as Barnum. Barnum? Is it Barnum and Bailey? Barnum and Bailey is <laughs> research group. But go ahead. Okay. That's when you know you're really, everybody starts laughing. Yeah, yeah. anyway. So like, what, just a sec. So that was an apologetics class that you were teaching? Yeah, and it was a circus. Oh, okay. It was an absolute circus. That yeah. class okay. Absolute <laughs> circus. <laughs> Insert dad joke here. <laughs> All right. In a recent survey of Protestant pastors conducted by the Barnes Research Group, only Fifty-one percent passed the test on whether they possess a biblical worldview. Of pastors surveyed, Southern Baptists scored the highest with seventy-one percent, while United Methodists finished at the bottom with just twenty-seven percent. So, in you know, and then they talk about in between that. There's a few that's um, uh, non-denominational. Fifty-one percent of pastors in non-denominational churches have a biblical worldview. So I think that is interesting because we're talking about is is what they say true. So what or do we do we think what they say is true? What was the question again? Yeah, is what you is Hear what you're hearing pulpit. from the pulpit true? True. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, so that what you just read, and I'm not familiar with the survey. Um, what you just read sounds like Barna had decided what a biblical view was and then asked these guys questions and only 51% of them passed. Yes. And, and I will say, and, you know, it, and it very well could be skewed. He, he does, it does say down here, um, you know, it's why, what is a biblical worldview? They kind of talk about it. So, but not without reading the entire article. Um, but 
my point was – I don't think anybody could agree on what that is. What a biblical worldview is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but I guess – or we could say it's some view that the Bible is correct about a, a majority of what's going on. Yeah. You know, God created the earth, maybe Adam and Eve or – you know, I'd Jesus, love to see the questions. What's that? I'd love to see the questions. Yeah, I, and yeah. it doesn't have the questions. It just gives the results. But yeah. but 51% of pastors at the time of this survey uh, didn't have a biblical worldview, which would imply that they were like, yeah, I teach this, but I don't necessarily either believe it or adhere to it or live it myself. But, but doesn't that even – and I think that is a great point, but doesn't it even – uh, make you think if, and I absolutely believe what you said, Jim, about we can't even agree on a biblical worldview. Doesn't that tell you something in itself that, that there isn't one? There isn't one. <laughs> yeah. That's really a consensus because you can, uh, you can walk into almost any church and, uh, the only thing they agree on typically is politics. Uh, they're always going to disagree on something. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you got so many on the corner. Well, you know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody I work with today and, and they made the statement that um, they're new to this area, and they made the statement. Uh, uh, he and his wife were talking about why there are so many churches, and it's like, well, why wouldn't you start a church here? I mean, think of all the money that's here. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. how many churches do we know that have been started by people that moved here to start a church? Mm-hmm. And is it any accident they moved to the? To one of the richest counties in a in a state that that uh, is has no need whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. What's that? That has no need for it whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, we're my, fairly my mission. My mission is to Williamson County, Tennessee. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the richest counties in the southeastern United States. Uh, right. Yeah. Where yeah. you know you you can't walk into a place and not step on a Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, be on the floor though. And 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 maybe I was looking at that survey. I was looking at the results of that survey a little bit more superficial. In that, you know, you either think people live by the concepts of the Bible, and there's different concepts, but you either do or you don't. And I'm looking at that, going, there's a lot of pastors out there that go, I'm just going to tell you the stuff you think you're supposed to hear because this is my job. Yeah. And so, so, so they're teaching you, you take that, you can, you can see in that where they're teaching one thing and living another. That's, that's what I see in that. Yeah. I see in that 51%. And in fact, Southern Baptists in that survey at that time, um, was the highest and it was even 71%. So 29% of the, uh, pastors in, uh, um, uh, SBC churches don't actually uh, believe. And in fact, I will say, I actually know people locally here that work at a church here in this town that's an SBC church and, um, they feel alienated because they don't actually believe the concepts. They don't believe in a, in a young earth. They don't think the earth was created 6,500 years ago. They think Adam and Eve was most likely allegorical, <clears throat> but they're like, I can't. I can't say those things because this is, this this is my job. Yeah. So, um, so that being said, that is a huge percentage of people, pulpits out there that are teaching that they don't even believe what they teach. So is what is 
true coming from the pulpit, I think it's, it's a great question for us all to ask ourselves because, um, um, even to a poor, huge portion of these people teaching don't find it believable. It's not even their personal truth. It's not even their personal truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and, you know, and so that's what that, you know, that's going back to what we were saying about, about people just, uh, regurgitating the old, the same old messages over and over. And, you know, how many times have you heard this? Paul wrote two thirds of the new Testament. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a number. That's one of those number things is, Oh man, Paul. Yeah. Go. Did it, did it, anybody ever question that? Nope. You know, not until I started reading things that Bart Ehrman wrote. Yeah. Well, I did the math at some point. Uh, but you're way in, way into my, my Christianity. I, I sat down and did the math and it was like, yeah, yeah not even, not even if you attribute him books that certainly weren't his. Yeah. You know, Hebrews. and is it, is it words? Is it books? Is it yeah. letters? <laughs> yeah. I mean, individual mm-hmm. letters, you know, it's like, which, what, what two thirds are you talking to? It didn't, it, none of them added up to that though. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's the two thirds that disagree with the other third. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stephen Wright said it best. How did he say? He said forty-seven point three percent of all statistics are just made up right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen Wright, a genius. Yes, but yeah. anyway, yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that, th- there's that aspect of it. Then the, then the other aspect of, of, uh, messages are, are the spirituality of everything, you know? And I mean, I, I, and I think, I, I, this, this was a struggle for me coming out of religion. And my wife helped me with this, uh, because I think my enthusiasm, Combined with my sincerity, man, I could see it everywhere. I could tell you a story that was just phenomenal about my everyday life and how I could just create this picture of this beautiful, beautiful thing that happened that I'm just amazed by. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you guys know me. <laughs> You're probably saying, "Oh yeah, we've heard you say <laughs> you, you've you've had some very enthusiastic things happen to you in your life and and whatnot." But it was it, it's uh, it, you see that just so often. You you we and nowadays we get into conversations with people that that do that about uh, you know their car or their grocery experience or, you know, we've talked about it a number of times, their parking spot or things like that. And just this, you know, this, uh, it, there's just no way you, you can, you you just have to personally say, yeah, you know, I think it was just a parking spot. (laughs) I've got a good example. I think it was just a green light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got, you know, uh, happens every 50 seconds <laughs> at the end of last month. Um, I got paid a little bit. Um, you know, I got a bonus that I wasn't really expecting. Wasn't a huge amount of money, but I've been wanting to, uh, you know, purchase a new iPad and things like that. 
And, um, and I was like, you know, there's so many things that for work and for other reasons, just some of my hobbies, I'd love to have a new one. That's, that has got all the bells and whistles on it that I, I feel like I, uh, want not need. And, um, then all of a sudden I get a, a, a check that is almost exactly the amount of that iPad and the other accessories I wanted to have with it. it As a matter of fact, it was within probably $20. It was a God nod. Well, that's my point is David, it is a, get it's an God iPad. wink by the way, but it's money. It's always a wink. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, uh, but, uh, but, but had that been part of my previous life, that would have been God saying you, I'm going to bless you with that iPad. And now I looked at it and go, yeah, I'll work hard to to have a good quarter where I got a little bit more, got a little bit of a of a bump that I you know wasn't expecting it, but I felt like I had deserved it because I'd really worked hard for that. And so it, it's just one of those it's one of those things that you know I, it, I wonder how many times in my life I attributed things to God that uh, that it was either my hard work or the hard work of somebody else or. Yeah. You know, or, or yeah, I remember one time we were, we had a little cancer scare with a member of our family and we go to the doctor and, and the, the first doctor who wasn't an expert said, you know, there's a possibility it could be something really, really, you know, uh, really critical. And, you know, and so we go to the doctor and, and, uh, oh gosh, we come out and it's not cancer. Oh gosh, God was there for us. So he he didn't give us the disease that we, that we end up not having. <laughs> and the, the logic when you think it when you really work it through, it's just like it is kind of crazy that you would go, "Wow, God kept us from getting that." Yeah, cancer. yeah. Thank you for healing me of the cancer somebody thought I had. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is crazy, man. You think about it. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff you hear from the pulpit, though. That's yeah. the reason why I think right. that is, is I hear this stuff all the time. Yeah. I used to hear this stuff all That's the time right. from the pulpit, and you just go, "Gosh, you do you even believe that mess that you talk about?" I mean, it, it's just some of the stuff that's said is just. And I'm not talking about the extreme guys. I'm talking about the kind of middle of the road evangelicals say some stuff, and they they can't read that stuff in in Koine Greek. They don't know what it actually said. They're relying on somebody. I don't read. I don't read study books of the Bible. I just read the Bible. Well, you're reading something that somebody else had to figure out what it was going to say. Yeah. So I don't know what exactly you think you're reading, but it's not. I mean, at least, at least Joseph Smith had the golden plates. Well, <laughs> he back. probably didn't, but. Yeah. 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 And what's, you know, it's, what's wrong with, uh, I mean, we, we have a history with, with one of our children in, in cancer and, and, Something that's completely unexplainable. I've described it, uh, in years past as, as a miracle. But what's wrong with just saying, uh, man, something really cool happened and we don't know how or why and the doctors don't either. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and we're thankful for it. You know, I, because taking it further gets, uh, and we've touched on this many times, but I mean, you get into that arrogant place. It can take you into that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That privileged and arrogant and all of that. And, and there's just no room for any of that. And especially in the pulpit. Yeah. You know, 
it's it's and gosh i say it way too often but you know if if there was one message that i ever got in all of the studying of the bible that i ever read uh it was humility was the yeah. was the thing you, mm-hmm. what's what's trying to be communicated here yeah be humble yeah i am very humble and yeah. and and we don't see that i've you know i've 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 seen that in all the pulpits i've ever uh sat uh in front of uh i've seen that once or twice maybe yeah well and i realize i realize i don't know to sit there and think that you could sit in front of a congregation week after week after week and instill in them wisdom takes an arrogant person. Mm-hmm. Takes somebody who thinks extremely highly of themselves that they somehow need to be able to, to do that. So I, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought when, when we were all going to church together, I, I thought, you know what would really make church good? As if the pastor didn't talk for about five weeks, that was his five sermon series was he didn't yeah. talk and we just all hung out and got to know each other and talk to each other. And that would be church. And I bet you anything at the end of that five week sermon, everybody would go, let's maybe cut back on the, 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 <laughs> teaching, the, rhetoric. On the yeah. teaching every Sunday because I, it just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really accomplish anything. I mean, how many times do you have to sit in a, in a, in a sanctuary and hear a, a sermon about, I don't know, pick a subject. Well, uh, hope or grace or like, I mean, it's like, it's like you just, it's like over or and heaven over and it's heaven, heaven for a while. or to scare people out of hell or, you know, and I really do believe that that stuff is born on people. And that's why churches have turned so political because it's the political messages yeah. that get people to come back. They're just glorified political rallies to well, some they, degree. Because they've just ran out of, uh, they've just ran out of, of what they're selling. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's right. Uh, how many, how many times has there been, you know, the 10 part series on something that's going to move you to a, Further or closer relationship with God, whether it's more or, you know, all the things there's just, it's this thing, but it's just this empty promise. There never is. It's that you need to come here for 12 weeks for me to, to teach you how your life can be more godly and more, and, and it just, there's, there's no, uh, there's no goal line. Yeah. You know, there's no, you, if, and I, and I believe that if you, if you, if, if you're sincere about seeking that, the end is you're out of there. Yeah. You know, you, you will yeah. be, you will be gone. Yeah. You'll be out of there because you'll see that there never was anymore. Yeah. And not only that, but there really ever, wasn't ever anything there. That's right. It was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So, and I think that that's obviously evident in the mass exodus from um, churches globally. So yeah. I do, you know, um, people are leaving. Yeah, and what's different every year now, more and more. You know, there, there's always been a mass exodus out of churches with those people just going to a different church. Yeah, you know, because this this is the preacher that's more charismatic, or this guy maybe mad, so we're going over there. Now we're seeing a mass exodus out of people just leaving church altogether, mm-hmm. and that is 
That is great. I think COVID has helped that. I think a yeah. lot of people have just left church and just, you know, just not gone back and, yeah. and have started deconstructing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You brought that up about um, sometimes just not hearing a sermon. And that, that was one of the, the better sermon, better services at, um, at the church we used to go to. And this is after you guys had left, I was still there hanging on to salvation. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, you can't uh, lose it. Yeah. We may all go to hell, but you I'll just be never the last one it. in. Yeah. Mine won't be as hot as yours. Uh, but, but there came a point where the sermon was supposed to happen and, and literally, um, he could speak, the pastor. God and, closed his mouth. Yeah, just like the lions in the lion den, in the lion's den. Uh, and so, uh, well, kind of the opposite. That really happened? Huh? I mean, I'm not the lion. I don't think I'm, a, I don't think, I don't think that literally happened. Yeah. No. no, no, no. I mean, like, like he literally was like, I can't talk. I, I can't talk. Right yeah, until this was towards the end of my time there when I was really beginning, really skeptical. And I noticed two things, and I, I I said one of them to my wife afterwards, and she got a little irritated that I said it. But there's two things happened. So, uh, and I was pretty jaded at this point. And I remember number one, uh, he was able to talk when it came to the offering. So when the offering went out, he was able to pray for that. Mm-hmm. Just when the sermon came around, he couldn't teach, and then he. He wanted the the worship to keep going, and then he disappeared for probably ten minutes and came back. I think he just had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> to this gonna, day, I was just going to say, I think did he, he just to the bathroom. I think he just had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Didn't know how to get out of it. You know, yeah. didn't want a Code Brown situation, so he <laughs> he he said he couldn't speak, <laughs> and he went. He, he went out and used the bathroom, then came back in, and the uh, service was over. I'm feeling yeah. a movement of the Lord. It was a movement. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I So, go ahead. Well, I just, I yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's just, um, I don't know. It just, at some point in time, the things that were said just were not believable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just weren't yeah. believable. When your best When your best service you have is when you don't actually speak. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a bad sign. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And and maybe now that we've digressed uh, <laughs> to this point, it'd be a good time to wrap it up. That's but right. Ultimately, I just wanted to say once again that so for me, if if you're not hearing, hey, this is what I think. I feel really strongly about this, but no one knows for sure. No one can be certain about these things. Uh, it's not true. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. Uh, I think, I think that as, as you said, it comes back to humility, and you, you have to be humble enough. If, if you're, you know, really not theoretically in action, really not, not just theoretically, your your pastor should be the most humble person in the entire church. He should be. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, then, you know, maybe. Yeah, you got a problem. You got a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. He should be humble enough to know what he does, to be able to say what he doesn't know or what he doesn't know for sure. And I, I, I can't, I, I can't think of hardly any time in any church that I ever heard a pastor say that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, good question. Thanks uh, for tuning in. This is uh, That's Questionable, the podcast. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and uh, hope you'll tune in again. Thanks for listening. Our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation. You can do so at that'squestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or that's question one on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.